All right, guys, this week's podcast is sponsored by Surf Pro. They do fire and water mitigation. So here's how it works. If your hot water here breaks or you have a toilet overflow and it gets out on your wood floors or messes up and gets in your walls, these guys come in and they make it like it never even happened. They do amazing work. I've worked with them for years. They're a great group of people to work with. I enjoy their personalities and their heart behind what they do for their company. So if you have any fire or water mitigation, go check them out. Give them a call. They're on Facebook um, and they can for sure help you with that. Um, All right, let's get this thing started. Welcome to another Paris, Texas, a podcast. This is a podcast where you get to listen to people's stories, people that have either influenced or lived in the city of Paris, Texas. I love hearing their stories, and I can't wait for you to hear the next guest. All right, this week's guest is, I'm kind of excited about this week's guest. I've not known him for a really long time, but it's kind of crazy. Again, I went to school with him, so I, I remember him from childhood. Yep. yep. Uh, but um, Matt Wolf, what's happening? What's going on, man? I'm excited to be here with you guys. Awesome, awesome. So, okay, let's just dive right into, where, where are you from? Uh, I'm from here. I'm in Paris, Texas, born and raised here in Paris. Uh, um Went to high school at North Lamar, uh, graduated class of 99, right before the new millennium, the Y2K and all that good stuff. Uh, That was me. I was 2000. Yeah. Yeah. You were right after us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, But yeah, I mean, from here. From here. So uh, you you lived in the Paris area? You didn't live like outskirts? Did you? Right. Yeah. It's kind of a funny story, I guess. We moved quite a bit within the Paris, Texas community. Um, you know, we, I want to say in Paris, we probably lived in seven or eight different places inside the city limits. Uh, and, and naturally, you know, job changes and things like that. And, uh, we did move out of Paris a a few times. Uh, Mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, we always found our way back to Paris, but yeah, we moved around quite a bit. So to say that, Hey man, I grew up in this house and this is where I spent my childhood and we didn't have that. So we, we, we moved around. We were, we were. A transient family, that's for sure. Did, so did you do all 12 years at North Lamar? Uh, well, going back, I did almost all 12 years at North Lamar. Uh, there was a, a stint in there where we moved to Carthage, which is out in East Texas. I, I don't know how many people are familiar with that, but we did move out to Carthage for about a year and a half, but you know, came back to Paris and, and finished out at North Lamar. It didn't last. Yeah, no, didn't last. Um, okay, so what? I I know this answer, but what was your thing? What was kind of your thing in high school? Like, what was your sport? What was it in high school? Uh, well, I mean, naturally, you, I I grew up and I wanted to play everything and do everything. I, you know, at junior high, I was thinking, you know, let's let's do everything: basketball, football, baseball, do it all. Um, and then my freshman year in high school. You know, played football and played basketball right after that, and then baseball, and then you know, kind of realized my passion and my drive and, and love was uh, baseball. So uh, I dropped basketball because it kind of interfered with baseball season, and and plus I wasn't very good at basketball. Uh, Priorities. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I knew that 
that that I had no future in basketball, so you know I don't want to waste too much time doing that. So I did finish playing football and basketball, or excuse me, football and baseball. baseball. You know, throughout the rest of my now, high school Coach career. Allen was your was your coach, right? Oh that, yeah, that time frame. Yeah, if so I remember correctly. So we we started out with uh, Coach Walling my freshman okay. and sophomore year. Uh, he was the head baseball coach, uh, and then. Coach Allen moved back to Paris. I think he was down in uh, Pearland or somewhere like that down mm-hmm. in Houston area. Moved back to Paris uh, uh, jun- my junior year, and I remember you know, once baseball season came around, uh, he actually brought me in the office one day. He said, son, I determine who the starting lineup is, and, and nobody's got a got a spot here. And he said, you know, he, he was just real straight to the point. And mm-hmm. I, I said, man, this guy – it's pretty intimidating, but I'm excited <laughs> about it because at the time I needed structure. I mean, I was mm-hmm. kind of a, a, a not a drifter, but you know, just I, I needed structure. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Coach Allen came along at, at the right point in my life and and you know, provided that. Oh, absolutely! And I tell him all the time, even to this day, man, you don't know what an influence you were in my life. And you yeah. came. I mean, again, at the right time. Yeah, he's he's a phenomenal guy. I do a lot of stuff with him through city stuff because he's a chamber now. And, right. Um, so, also, so baseball, your junior, your senior year, you've really figured that like this is something I really really enjoy doing. So, what was the thought process like? What did you want to do with that passion? Well, naturally, as a as a high school kid who you know your head starts swelling a little bit because you have a little bit of talent. You know, I'm thinking I'm gonna go play professional baseball, but uh, as as humbling as it was, you know, senior year, uh, going through a recruiting process that that Coach Allen was, uh, you know, instrumental in, uh, I realized that, you know, maybe professional baseball isn't my deal. But I did actually go uh, to Paris Junior College and I played uh, fall season there uh, and finished out one year at Paris Junior College, uh, and you know, I just kind of realized that. Uh, you know, in high school, it was a passion, and I don't know if it was more of a status thing in high school mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, but it it was a passion in high school. But when you get into college, and you know, I had to work uh, in college. I mean, yeah, kind of had to take care of my you know, yeah. care of myself. Adulting, yeah, adulting, <laughs> and uh, so you know, life kind of took different twists and turns. I said, you know what, I've got to, I've got to do something different. So, uh, you know, baseball didn't last. Didn't last long. No. Not my playing career, anyway. Not your playing career, yeah. um, but you still like baseball a lot. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I mean, I love being around the game and uh, you know watching my son. I'll play catch with him out in the yard, and you know he always wants me to throw the ball to him and bring back that. memories. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. All right, so so baseball's kind of ending. <laughs> you're you're finishing up your freshman year of college. Right. What's what? Where'd you go from there? So when I left Paris Junior College, I went to the University of Oklahoma. Uh, if you ask me to this day why I went to the University of Oklahoma, I have no idea. Uh, well, I say that. A uh, good friend of mine, good high school friend of mine, who's still a good friend of mine today, uh, Scott Moffitt, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he was kind of my brother, if you will. You know, there was a lot of stability uh, in his life, you know, going through high school and, and things like that. So I kind of uh, clung to him and his family, and we, we grew up. We started in third grade. We're best friends, you know, from third grade on. Uh, and he left, and it was almost it, it's one of those deals, almost like a, a girlfriend leaving you. You know, it's like, all right, you know, part of my life just went somewhere. I, I feel like I need to go up there too. So 
naturally, I made the journey up there. What's funny story, actually, my uh, I grew up Texas Longhorn fan, yeah. naturally, as everybody in the state of Texas does. Um, and uh, my brother-in-law uh, actually played football for the University of Texas. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so we, you know, we grew up going to those games, and he graduated in like eighty nine, eighty eight was his last season. So we grew up, you know, going to games, watching him play, and all that good stuff. And I was a diehard Texas fan, and you know, I even have pictures of me in Texas Longhorn uniform and stuff. Yeah. And uh, you know, so it kind of broke everybody's heart, and and almost like the family tradition when I decided, hey, I'm gonna go. University of Oklahoma, which naturally <laughs> is a is a very bitter rivalry between the two. So a little bit of rub there. Oh huh? yeah, absolutely. But no, we went. I went up there and uh, uh, just just enjoyed that that transition. And you're still an OU fan, right? Because I've, I've been in your office. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Still an OU fan. You almost feel like when you pay them an X amount of dollars, you got to have <laughs> you got <laughs> you you got to you got to support them a little bit. But no, I do. I, it's one of those things. It's uh, it's. I feel like that school was a uh, a huge part of my life and a huge yeah. part of me growing up too. I mean, uh, it, 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 I owe a lot to University of Oklahoma. You know, not financially, but well, financially and uh, you know, with who I am today, yeah. I owe a lot to that college. So, uh, so naturally, there are, there is some loyalty there for sure. Awesome, awesome. All right, so you you uh, what did you go to school for? What was the major? Yeah, uh, so I moved to University of Oklahoma, and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to take some classes and uh, take a few. Here. Yeah, fortunately, you know, some of the some of the classes at uh, PJC transferred up there. Not awesome. all of them. Um, and it was one of those deals. I, I uh, kind of trying to find my way. I knew, you know, going back a little bit. You know, when I say Coach Allen was a huge inspiration in my life, I was thinking. You know what? What if I do what he does? You know, so I started out in the education uh, field, and I was like, I'm going to study education, do this and this, and uh, uh, kind of follow in those footsteps. And that lasted for about a year, and then I, I got a had a buddy that was was uh, kind of transitioning to uh, construction science, construction majoring, and mm-hmm. things like that. And I said, you know what? That sounds really cool. But then I get in a couple of those classes, and there's things equations and stuff written on the board i'm like i'm out man <laughs> i don't I have no idea I, there's no way i can compute this thing so that lasted about two or three classes and then i was done with that and then had a long talk with my brother-in-law who played for the university of texas who's an attorney now and uh he kind of he was a coach teacher and a coach for a long time and now he's an attorney uh but he told me you know he majored in history and he wanted to you know use that to teach and coach was his first deal mm-hmm. and then he kind of that was kind of a natural transition history because you're reading all the time I mean and and that was a natural transition to do that and then go into law school and so that's what he did and I'm saying you know what that's probably not a bad idea I can make decent money being an attorney I like to read I like history mm-hmm. I said let's just do that so I ended up as a history major and a sociology uh, a minor uh, was what I ended up with, and you fought, and you made it all the way through with that. I made it all the way through with that, so it took me a long time to figure that out. But about year three at uh, 
University of Oklahoma, I was like, I oh, mean, I gotta get serious because I gotta get out of here at some point. <laughs> so, uh, gonna move out of here. Yeah. So, uh, spent four years up there, University of Oklahoma, and so I guess five years in college, which is a lot of what a lot of uh, yeah. uh, graduate people do. But yeah. <laughs> I was not a graduate at that time. <laughs> I wasn't getting my master's. So, but now I spent four years up there, and, and finally decided on let's you know get this history degree and get it out of the way and. Busted my tail in the summer, took some summer classes, and got yeah. it done. So, um, okay. So, did you did you get a teaching job? I did. Uh, you know, right out of right out of uh, college, uh, I said, you know, I'm going to do this. Actually, I, I kind of searched for a couple different positions. My dad was a business owner down in the uh, South Texas area. Mm-hmm. He uh, at the time he owned a golf cart business and. It's like, you know what, it might be kind of cool to live down there by my dad. And, you know, my brother lives down there. All my family, except for my mom, you know, live down south. So I was like, you know, it might be kind of cool to go down there. I went down there and, uh, you know, loved my dad to death and, and, and everything. But I just realized over that short summer that maybe working for dad might not be the best deal. Uh, so I, I was kind of scrambling, you know. Um, and uh, luckily, you're going back to... You know, it's funny how all these stories, and I never really connect. You know, I never really think about it till I'm sitting here talking. But going back, uh, Scott Moffat, his dad is you know, financial, and Scott's a financial so, advisor here downtown. Yeah, downtown, and they uh, they actually did the insurance part of Anna ISD, and for whatever reason, I was talking to uh, uh, Scott or his dad or something. I said. Yeah, I think I'm gonna apply for a teaching job in Anna. And his dad said, "Hey, I know super. We do all their business there. I know superintendent. I'll put in a good word for you." Uh, well, so I got the job. And I don't know who I credit to it, but interviewed for the job and got a teaching job in Anna, and that's where I started in the in 2004. 2004. Um, so, what was that experience like? Did you enjoy teaching? I did. Um, what What grade was it? Well, I started out in. Uh, seventh and eighth grade history okay and uh i did enjoy uh teaching uh, my first year obviously scared to death because i'm going in there and i'm 23 24 years old and a bunch of kids a bunch of little kids and i'm, I'm going to be in charge of them now and uh so i turned to my father-in-law uh who's been teaching who's still teaching to this day 52 years in the business wow yeah uh God bless him. Because, Did he have any tips? <laughs> so I said, sure. hey, I've got a history book here, and I need to teach some lessons. What do I need to do here? And, uh, you know, he penciled out about three work, three weeks' worth of lesson plans and said, this is what you need to do, do this, and gave me activities and all this stuff. So, awesome. Uh, I felt like I was pretty prepared going in that first couple of weeks, and then after awesome. that I was kind of on my own. But yeah. So, okay, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. When did you meet your wife? I was, I met my wife my senior year in high school. It was 1998. Um, so she a local too? She is a local. Okay. Uh, she is, well, she would have been a freshman my senior year. Uh, uh, I, so I, she, I, no, yeah, so she'd be, yeah. Yeah. She'd be two years behind me. Right, correct, yeah. yeah. So she, yeah, because she graduated, yeah, 02. She graduated yep. 02. Um, it's a funny story. Um she was with a bunch of her girlfriends, and um, uh, they were they were walking down the hallway or, or whatever. And I happened to be at a basketball game watching, you know, 
just a Northmore basketball game, and she was cheering over there. And uh, one of the, uh, I was sitting by one of the parents, and I said, hey, you got to ask Amelia uh, out on a date. And I was like, ah, well, she's a freshman. I'm not sure. You know, that's kind of strange to me. You know, he's four yep. years younger, and uh, I said, I don't know about that. And uh, But anyway, they were walking down the hallway, and just, you know, chance happened, and uh, we ended up almost running into each other. I said, well, what the heck? And I said, hey, Amelia, I'm, I'm Matt. And I kind of introduced myself. I said, can I get your phone number? I wouldn't mind taking you out one day. And uh, she was with one of her friends, and uh, then I, I heard her friend say, you know, give him your number, give him your number. So I got her phone number and, and called her and took her out to the movies. Now, her parents wouldn't let her go out unless – a couple of her friends were with her. Makes Obviously, that yeah, makes a whole lot of sense. Now, <laughs> yeah, now makes sense. yeah, especially it didn't, it didn't then. Especially when I have a daughter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah I don't know. I'm not yeah. even there, but yeah. I still think it makes sense. No, absolutely. And I, no, shoot, I, I'll probably be on my daughter's first date. So, <laughs> but no. Uh, uh, so yeah, we went out to the movies, and and you know, one thing led to another, and uh, we kind of fell for each other pretty quick. That's uh, awesome. Uh, and I graduated in '99, and and. You know, part of the reason I stayed at PJC, PJC was was because of her. I thought we were, you know, her family was good. They were good to me, and she was good to me. And and you know, we we uh, I said, you know, what, I'm gonna stick around here and see what this thing does. So, did y'all play the long distance game when you went off to OU? Yeah, uh, we did for the most part. Now there was about five or six months there where we said, you know what, you know, we need to spend some yeah, time. spend some time apart. Uh, and so we did break up for about five or six months there. Um, you know, I was busy at the University of Oklahoma. She's down here trying to kind of figure life out. And I think it was more her decision than it was mine. So uh kind of broke my heart a little bit. I think I actually remember calling her mom from my dorm room like, what did she do to me? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, so anyway, we uh, naturally just took a break for five or six months. And then I came back to Paris and uh, I had, I mean, I didn't call her, didn't have any intention of meeting up with her, but she just so happened to be at the same place I was at. I mean, just like I said, one of those chance coincidence yeah. type deals. And we both kind of gave each other a hug and said, you know what, we're better together. And so we did that, got back together, and she finished high school, and she went one year to Paris Junior College, and then she came up to Oklahoma for oh. – uh, she came to University of Oklahoma for a semester. Yeah, because it was my senior year. So she came up for uh, one semester uh, and then watched me graduate. And then uh, that was it. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So, a question I, I ask this all the time, and I feel like it's going to get old, but I, I feel like everybody's thinking this right now. How did you propose? <laughs> well,. It's, this is going to be one of those stories that probably every woman in America is going to say, that jerk. Uh, <laughs> this is good already. Yeah, yeah. So uh, my wife, we actually had talked about it. We were both at, up at uh, Oklahoma, and we had talked about, hey, you know, we've mm-hmm. been together seven or eight years. I, don't, I can't remember the time frame at that point. We've been together a long time, so it was serious. And, you know, m- mom knew it was serious. Dad knew it was serious. Uh or her parents knew it was serious, uh, and uh, we we kind of just went to the mall one day, and she said, "Hey, let's look for rings." I said, All right, and again, I'm in college, and I did have a job working at the golf course 
you know, mm-hmm. cleaning golf clubs and cleaning golf carts. So I wasn't rich by any means. Uh, so we go to Zales there in the mall, and uh, she picks out this ring that's about the size of my head. And she goes, that's the one. I said, the one? I said, the one for who? <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, I wanted to make it happen for her. So uh, I was like, all right, you know. So I actually bought it without her knowing. Um, and then I had this great plan. I mean, I had it planned out. I was like, you know, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go to dinner. And there's a neat little duck pond right across the way from her apartments in mm-hmm. Oklahoma. So we're going to go to dinner, and then we're going to walk over there, just have a nice little, you know, just sit out under the stars, watch the ducks, look at the pond. And I'm going to pop the question, because she's one of those people that she, you, know, you don't put her on the you don't put her out in public. Don't yeah. do. It's not a public not at deal. The baseball stadium. Yeah, she's going to tell me no at yeah. the baseball stadium, and yeah. and then tell me yes and at home. So I had all this planned, and I had the ring in my pocket. We were getting ready to you know go to dinner and all this stuff. She said, "What are you doing?" I said, "Nothing." You know, just getting ready. But she goes, "What's in your hand?" I said, "Nothing." And she's the type of person that hates surprises too. So like Christmas, I can't surprise her with anything. She wants to pick it out. She wants to buy it. Oh wow! She, but she wants me to wrap it and put it under the under the tree for whatever reason yeah yeah so we're kind of wrestling around a little bit and uh i was like hey you know forget it you know leave me alone leave me alone and i kind of get mad <laughs> yeah because i had this plan i'm like man this is gonna be awesome if i can pull it off yeah and uh so she wouldn't leave me alone she kept harassing me and then she got mad and i was like oh, whatever so I, I went to the bathroom in her apartment and uh i just set the ring on the uh uh vanity so this is where it gets good ladies so uh so i set the room uh ring on her vanity and uh i said hey amelia come here real quick so we're in this tiny tiny bathroom in her apartment and uh i just kind of pointed out so hey you know here's what was in my pocket here and she looked at it and she started kind of crying it was was at, at the point it was a good cry yeah and then she then it was like a a bad cry and then I was like, well, you not like it? And she goes, are you not even going to get on a knee and ask me? And I said, well, yeah, that was the plan. I kind of went through my whole, I said, that was the plan. So I got on the on my knee in her bathroom right beside the toilet and asked her to marry me. And at least she said yes. So, at least she said yeah, yes. Uh, so, so, yeah, not, not a, not a uh, hot air balloon story or anything like that. It was uh, in the toilet. But you had the plan. No, oh, yeah, I had it. I mean, it was in my head. I just couldn't fulfill it yeah that's fun i love doing surprises i i, I think kimmy likes them i'm yeah. not 100 percent, but I, yeah. I like doing like super romantic gestures i'm oh yeah oh i might overthink them sometimes yeah. but and i know. still to this day i mean even though i know she hates surprises, i still like to try to surprise her but yeah it's it it never works for me never for whatever works. reason yeah. i and kimmy's kimmy's gotten much better she's had to get better but i used to be able to guess what she was doing like, yeah she wasn't good at hiding it <laughs> I'd be like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, she's like, "Stop it!" Yeah, well, and me, I'm, I'm the one. I like surprises. So, Amelia said, "You know, come Christmas time, she, she'll say, hey, pick a couple things out and that you like, and I'll wrap it and put it under the tree.'" I was like, "No, I'm, I want you to pick it out. Yeah. I don't want to know anything about it. Yeah. You put it under the tree. Surprise me." Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. All right, okay, jump back in. Uh, uh, where were we at? Um, you, so you, you. Uh, you're teaching? Yep, teaching in Anna. How long did that last for? So in Anna, I was there for four years. Okay. And, uh, you know, I my second year in Anna, 
great family moved in to Anna, and he was uh, as our offensive coordinator uh, there in Anna. And we just hit it off. I mean, me and this guy and his family and, and, and Amelia, we all hit it off. We lived in the same neighborhood. Uh, we ate dinner almost every night. It was almost one of those things they felt sorry for this young married couple because they were, you know, 10 years older than us or whatever. So they'd feed us every night. And so naturally we, we became, you know, great friends. Uh, and then uh, about three years – he was there three. I was there four years. He was there three years. Uh you know, some things kind of in the coaching world. Uh, it's it's one of those deals. What are you doing for me now? Type deal. Um, you know him. He naturally the third his third year. He he was reassigned, and it it kind of broke my heart because I'm thinking, man, this is my closest friend, my buddy, and he's not going to be here anymore. Uh, so I I talked to Amelia, and I was like, hey, Jeff got reassigned. I don't know what the deal is. You know. I'd, I'd love to stay with him and and naturally she was a she was a trooper she said hey whatever whatever you need to do whatever you feel like you need to do uh so i went in and told the athletic director hey i'm not coming back next year you know jeff's not gonna be here i'm not coming back and i was at the point where i was like you know i don't really have a job but i, I know i don't want to be here without my buddy you know uh so from anna i i uh steven hornberger who's actually the uh, AD here at Paris ISD now. Uh, he offered me a job at Irving, and I was like, "Man, that's awesome!" Because at the time, I was wanting to kind of move up, and uh, you know, I was really all about me for a long time, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, kind of put my family and and my wife and everybody else on the back burner. I was kind of looking out for me and and what was going to advance my career, and it was always me, me, me. So, it's like, man, this is the this is the ultimate job, 5A mm-hmm. school in the middle of the Metroplex, yeah. making decent money as a teacher and coach. And uh, so naturally I took that job. And I just talked to Steven. I said, Steven, I got a really good friend who's a dang good coach and good for kids. And uh, he opened up a, a position for Jeff. And so we got to coach again there. And uh, so we went to Irving uh, for a year. And then uh, that was great. You know, I loved working for Steven. But uh, – my buddy, he really wanted to be a coordinator again or head coach or something like something to that effect. And uh, he actually applied for a job down in the Kerrville area. I don't know if anybody knows Kerrville, but it's way down south, down by San Antonio. A uh, little school called Ingram, Tom Moore. He interviewed for an offensive coordinator job, and they gave it, they offered it to him, but Jeff was like, you know, I don't really want to uproot my family and go all the way down there just for a coordinator job. Well, as things fell into place, that head coach that offered him the job actually resigned and left. And they called Jeff up and said, hey, Jeff, we want you to be our athletic director, head football coach. And uh, he's like, shoot, yeah. And so Jeff came and talked to me about it. He said, man, I really don't want to go that far without taking you with me. I don't want to go down there by by myself. And, you know, I, I don't even think I mentioned it. I don't even think I asked Amelia what she thought about it. I said, hey, Amelia, we're moving to Kerrville. And again, it was all about me because this was going to be one of those deals that I'm going to be an offense coordinator. Yeah, an offense coordinator at that time. I had baseball coach. It's this going to up my career? Yeah. And I mean, this is so it's me, me, me. So I don't even think I told him, asked him. I just hey, we're moving down to Kerrville, which was eight hours away from where we are right now. Uh, and you know, I don't know why, or uh, but she said okay, you know. And we had a at the time, my daughter was one. And we were living in Anna, 
So it was really convenient for our family, you know, or her mm-hmm. family to come see the kids. And then we take everybody eight hours away, and it, it was it was tough on everybody. Yeah. But, uh, but like I said, she was a trooper. I mean, she uh, again. I don't know why she said yes, and I don't know why she's still with me today. But she, because <laughs> we did right. some moving. I don't. I, I ask that my, myself that question with Kimmy all the time. Yeah. And so we were down there for a couple of years as head coach, and everything was rocking and rolling. Me and Jeff were great. Uh, uh, but then we just got to realizing, you know the struggle that we were having or, you know, putting on ourselves, but also putting on family that loved us and, you know, her mm-hmm. parents that, you know, took care of us for the most part. Uh, it was hard on them to get down there and see us, and we just got to missing home. So uh, another good friend of mine, childhood friend of mine, who's actually the head football coach at North Lamar, uh, got the job at Ferris. Uh, they're kind of in the Metroplex, not too far from home or not too far from Paris. And uh, he called me and said, hey, Matt, I want you to be the uh, offensive coordinator, head baseball coach in Ferris. And it was, you know, I went and told Jeff, hey, Jeff, here's the deal. I love you to death. And I, I flat out told him, I said, man, I'm homesick. I really am. I said, I'm, I need to get back closer to family. And and at, what's funny is my wife, who was anti-going, and I knew she was anti-going eight hours away, she got to the point where she really liked it down there because we had a really close, another close friend down mm-hmm. there. And she had somebody, a girlfriend that she could kind of rely on and knew, mm-hmm. and uh, and it was it almost became like a little family down there. And so, you know, I told her, hey, we're going to move back closer to Paris. And she, you know, that was one of those things that I thought she was, I thought that's what she wanted, but it, it was, you know, kind of broke her heart because she's having to leave her good friends now. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, so we moved back to Ferris, and again, probably against her will, but... And I was looking out for me, 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 and uh, uh, she said, all right, we'll do it. Uh, so we went to Ferris, and I stayed there for four years as the head baseball coach and, and uh, offense coordinator in football. Uh, you know, when I tell you these, you know, when I say this, you know, we moved. I was in four, five different schools, and we moved 13 different times as a family within 13 years. So Wow. Yeah. Uh, and so we were packing up boxes, it seemed like, about every year because I wanted to continue to climb that Vince, ladder and, yeah. and and be, you know, for selfish reasons, that's what I wanted to do. And, you know, she was a trooper. She packed boxes. She moved TV. She moved furniture. And, you know, sometimes she did it when I wasn't even there. So, uh, but, yeah, so we moved to Ferris and had a really good run there uh, in football and baseball. And, uh, had you know, I left – because we were, A, I was tired of moving, and then I, I started kind of realizing that, you know, maybe I need to put my family first now, uh, mm-hmm. or, you know, above me. And uh, we had our son in Ferris when I was coaching there. And I knew that if I stayed in the Metroplex any longer, then I was going to jump and go somewhere else and try to continue to advance my career and I said, you know what, it's not worth it anymore. We're going to move back to Paris. I'm going to take an assistant job. And Coach Hornberger offered me a job who, you know, offered me a job in Irving and offered me a job in Paris. And I came and coached for a couple of years here in Paris. And, and uh, kind of, that's where we are now. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, uh, so how many years total did you coach? I coached for 13 years. 13 yeah. years. Yeah. Was it easier teaching then? Did you figure out how, how to? Yeah, it got easier because my workload got a lot lighter. 
like I told you, I started out as a history teacher uh-huh. and, uh, you know, doing lesson plans and all this and that stuff. And then I moved into the special ed department. Okay. Once I moved into the special ed department, I say my workload got easier. It wasn't as much teaching and things like that. It was more taking care of paperwork, you know, make sure kids are being uh, educated the way they need, you know, according mm-hmm. to their paperwork and things like that. Uh, so it was more... Uh, doing legal documents and things like that for the school and the students and so it was a lot of paperwork and a lot of work uh but uh it was easier if, yeah if, if that's a word i mean if that if i could use that it was a lot easier yeah that makes sense so how, like so you're not coaching anymore though right not coaching anymore no. so when did that transition happen so that happened about two years ago well I guess two years ago, because in June we'll, I would I will have finished two years in my current position. Um, it got to the point where I started losing passion, and mm-hmm. and about three years I, I started just kind of losing my passion and, and coaching and things mm-hmm. like that. And um, you know, living in Paris, and we weren't you know, it was it was just hard to teach and coach here. And and I was like, you know what, I need to do something different. So then I started kind of, I, I got my master's while I was in Ferris, you know, mm-hmm. rewind a little bit. Got my master's while we were in Ferris in administration because I was thinking, you know, if I get out of teaching and coaching, I can go get my master's, be a principal, and then, you know, maybe make a little more money, more yeah. stability, et cetera. And so I started uh, exploring some uh, principal jobs, administration jobs here in Paris. And through some of those interviews and things like that, I, um, I, I started thinking, you know, I don't know that this is the right path because I'm going to be working as much as I'm working right now as a coach because God bless administrators. they got to be at everything all mm-hmm. the time. Uh, so I've got a ton of respect for them. Um, I said, I'm going to be working as much as I'm doing now, and what I'm trying to do is put my family ahead. And mm-hmm. so uh, I actually didn't get a principal job, uh, and I think that was by God's grace that mm-hmm. he said, hey, that's not for you. And then I was happened to be at a gymnastics Christmas party for my daughter, you know, watching their little gymnastics party. And uh, I don't know if you know Russell Jackson. Oh, yeah, very well. We yeah. graduated together. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I forgot about that. Yeah, so Russell, our daughters were in the uh, gymnastics together, mm-hmm. and he, just for whatever reason, was sitting over by me and said, hey, man, you ever thought about selling insurance? I said, not really. I said, I, I don't really see myself as a salesman or anything. He goes, well, it's not really sales. It's, you know, it's kind of along the same lines that you're doing now. And I said, I don't know if it's the same line, same thing I'm doing now. But then going back and thinking about it, I was like, well, you know, I'm taking care of people or taking care of kids and teaching and coaching. And in the insurance world, I'm taking care of people. And so I, I guess that's the correlation that he drew. And uh, I said, no, I haven't really. I said, but, you know, I, I like this this amount of money that I'm making right now, which was, you know, looking back was barely enough to really put food on the table. I mean, we, my wife tells stories like she used to go to Walmart and slide the debit card and hold her breath and make sure it went through because there were plenty of times where uh, we had to put some groceries back because we didn't have enough money on the on the card. And that. So I, but we were comfortable with that amount of money. I said, I know if I make this amount of money, I know how to make this work. He said, man, if you'll just trust me and do this, uh, you'll be fine. You know, I mean, your family will be fine. And uh, so anyway, naturally, I went and talked to him, talked to my current boss now. And uh, 
everything else worked out and i think it was just kind of one of those deals god put in in my path and um what's crazy is you know we're trucking right along as a family and then um you know certain circumstances kind of hit us right in the face and you know we think we're doing what we're supposed to be doing and then uh you know god kind of throws these what i call correcting storms in front of us you know just to kind of show that uh he loves us, and he's got our best interests at heart, you know. Yeah. So that took me from thinking about myself, and then God slaps me upside the head and says, man, you need to do something different. I'm going to correct your path, and this is where we're going. And, uh, and again, so, I, you know, we trusted God and said, hey, you know, I've screwed up so many times in the past. Let's, let's try to make it work right now. And yeah, So that's sense. what we did. Yeah. That's awesome. So you've been doing that for almost two years now. Yeah, so I've been with Texas Farm Bureau uh, for almost two years june will finish up my second year mm-hmm. uh, uh i've enjoyed it i really have and you're kind of sort of mine and kimmy's agent of sorts yeah 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 yeah, yeah we've kind of we uh, didn't start with you but you kind of fell in it to our yeah lap. no I, I adopted you guys yeah. yeah yeah no you guys were were uh yeah like i said we kind of transitioned me and you kind of built a little mm-hmm. relationship and, and actually and, russell jackson was he got promoted he was our previous guy right yeah so russell, i knew him from school yeah, russell was promoted and so you know, Russell did a really good job here in Lamar County mm-hmm. and built his book of business, you know, very, very big. So uh, there were a lot of orphan accounts sitting out there that didn't have an agent. So naturally, we try to, you know, take care of those people. Yeah. And, and you guys, uh, you know, kind of fell in our lap. And I was like, man, it's awesome. I get to not only build a relationship with him as a friend, but now he can be a client of mine, yeah. too. So, yeah. yeah. Well, awesome, dude. That's. That's an amazing story. Yeah, I, I, I never, I, I knew that you were into baseball, but I never, I think, I don't think I ever knew that you coached as long as you did. Oh yeah, yeah, it was uh, all my gray hairs can be attributed to uh, <laughs> kids that have come and gone in the past for sure. Oh, I, yeah. I, I was not the best kid. I'm sure <laughs> if you'd have had me, I would have been, I would have been part of those gray hairs. Guaranteed. Well, I like to think that you know we were a lot better than those kids, but we were probably the same. Yes, they just. Maybe somehow different, but different yeah. different generations. But yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much again for being on my podcast. Hey, yeah. Thank you. Fun. Yeah, that was awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, and if you guys ever want to go to, uh, uh, see Matt, he's at Farm Bureau. Yep. Um, I'm sure you can hit him up, swing by, call him. Facebook, Facebook, Instagram, Instagram. I'd, you know, doing uh, back to doing featured uh, business giveaways yep. now. So hit you know check out the Facebook and. Uh, periodically we'll we'll feature a business and give away a gift card and uh, and you do motivational um uh, quotes like every day right yeah like i yeah. see them and i'm always encouraged by them yeah what's funny is that you know i'm a big podcaster mm-hmm. uh, uh and I've, I've got one that that i listen to pretty much every morning i wake up about 4 30 every morning and uh start listening to podcasts and trying to get some motivation and uh you know rick warren had a message out there one day and i was like man that's really good i need to post and i'm not one i wasn't one of those people that's like all right i'm gonna post something that i hear today but i was like you know what people need to hear that one because that was really good so i posted it and i think i made the mistake of putting monday motivation which naturally in everybody else's head is gonna say okay well tuesday's tomorrow there's gonna be something there so started out a week and i was like you know what I, I get fed every morning, so let me just, if I can throw a nugget out there or two. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, there needs to be positivity 
like put out there. Like, yeah, people just need that in their lives. Absolutely, because you can if you want to find negativity, it's pretty easy. But, it's very you know, easy. But the, turn the, TV on. Yeah, the positive. Go to Facebook. Absolutely, yeah. The positive stuff kind of gets buried yeah. uh, in all that stuff. So. You know, anything that, you know, you do a great job with the community, and uh, if I feel like I can, you know, you know, somebody might need to hear something that, yeah. that that's out there that I hear that morning or whatever. So, Makes sense. Uh, I, I've been I've been uh, motivated by it, and, and, you know, I like I even like checking out and seeing who who's liking it and stuff like yeah. that. So, you know, it's really cool. It kind of motivates me, too. There so. you go. There you go. All right, guys, as always, you can, uh, or we put a podcast out every Monday, so check, out, check us out next Monday for the new guest. Um, I just want to, again, give a big shout-out to ServPro. Uh, go check them out. Uh, ask for Michael Plata. Oh, give, yeah. him a, give him a hard time. Please give Michael a hard time. Um, that would be awesome. And you can even tell him that we sent, it, sent you him his way. Yes. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and they're, they're great people. Our whole staff has all been amazing. I've worked with them. Uh, my family has used them, used their services. They're great people. Go check them out. That's who we refer all. Well, better not say it. We do a lot of business with them, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be politically correct there. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so uh, check that out. And, yeah, tune in for next week's guest.